Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of the Brown Taboo Project. Um, it's not an episode we necessarily were excited about doing, but it, it is one that we feel is very necessary to do, given uh, recent events in India. Um, we are going to do a episode on um, India's CAB bill, the Citizenship Amendment Bill, or Citizenship Amendment Act, um, which is basically India's version of the Muslim ban. Um, if you've been following along the news, you may have noticed um, news coming out about the protests in India and um, unfortunately the very violent nature of these protests Um which is the government's very violent response to people peaceably um, protesting a very, very discriminatory um, piece of legislation. In a nutshell, it's uh, a law that grants refugees who are fleeing persecution from some of the neighboring countries of India um, citizenship unless you're Muslim which I don't know how else you can be more overtly anti-Muslim, but this is definitely a way to go about it. Um, essentially, everyone is welcome except Muslims. Um, and this has made uh, a huge number of, of Muslim citizens within India, I think it's about 200 million or so, um, feel really uncomfortable, unwanted, and rightly so, because people are being discriminated on the basis of religion, which for India, the largest democracy in the world is... And a secular a huge, nation. Mm -hmm. And a secular nation. By definition, yeah. Principles, yep. Is a huge stain um, and pretty much taints everything that we stand for. Um, and it's just one act in a series of acts that have felt increasingly targeted towards Muslims ever since um, Modi's right-wing BJP government took, um, took power. And so, you know, we're, we're, the three of us are here, Tanya, Sri, and I, and we are trying to make sense of it all as I'm sure many of you are. And um, we're trying to unpack what is going on, figure out what exactly the facts are, and also just, I guess, what we can do. And um, how to be sharing um, yeah, the information that exists. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, also to obviously to to bring this to light more because even, you know, we are so... We're trying to figure things out from across the oceans, but I think also mm -hmm. talking to a lot of our family and friends and loved ones who are in India or are in South Asia anywhere that they are also confused and distraught and just, mm -hmm. you know, and yet at the same time, some people aren't. And right. that's what's the scariest part of this all and why we really wanted to bring it to you. Um, we are in the midst of recording our new season right now and so we're hoping to start releasing those episodes for you soon but we just wanted to bring this one to you right now um mm -hmm. to be able to start talking about these things i think uh one of the things we were discussing um as we were getting ready to record this episode is that there's often conflicting information available um you know and 
you know, the fact that we don't live in India, we, you know, I have lived in India, but so long ago now that it, you know, I can't effectively say, oh, I really do know what's going on because I don't. And we're only getting bits and pieces of information. And yes, you know, every piece of information has a bias behind it, right? Whether for better or for worse. Um, so even we are having trouble figuring out, okay, what really are the facts, right? And there's certain things that, of course, are very clear, but in terms of truly what's happening and, um, you know, we're struggling with that. And that's a part of all the confusion that I'm sure not only, you know, we are feeling from so far away, but I'm sure people are feeling uh, on the ground over there because there's, you know, we also keep hearing about things like, for example, things are happening and then there are tweets by the government that completely downplay what happened or basically pretend like it didn't happen, which is very scary if you think about it, completely denying events or completely trying to erase them from the collective memory. Again, and what's the world's largest democracy, right? Right, that, right, that right. Aspect of it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely be dropping all sorts of different links from some of the different materials that we're pulling from. Um, I did find this really one, because some of it is, you know, when it first started happening, which is basically uh, the beginning to mid-December, about mm-hmm. a, a, around a month ago. A month ago. There was a lot of information first coming up, but then as with almost any, you know, large scale uprising or something like that, the it's the the day-to-day part of it, like the continuity mm-hmm. and, and it mm-hmm. not people not tuning out and still continuing to to be aware of what's going on and, and plugging in and doing all of that. Um, so trying our best to find updated news sources that are talking about what's still going on. And I mean, there have already been many different um petitions filed in response to that. And so the Supreme Court will start to hear some of those. The Supreme Court of India will start to hear some of those soon. But at the same time, um, it's incredibly scary. <laughs> to mm-hmm. The fact that the government would even bring out such legislation and then, you know, as the people are starting to protest that, that the way in which that's covered or not covered. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also quick caveat, I think that we all I mean, we talked a little bit about being, you know, continents away and oceans away, but also just recognizing our own positionality in all of this. And um, I think for the sake of timeliness, we wanted to at least put out something initial, but we would love to hear from some of our Muslim friends and some friends who are in India or are especially in the States where we're seeing more of the actual rolling out of, of, uh, Mm-hmm. policies so far because some states have actually actively um, adamantly denied that they, they will not be implementing this but mm-hmm. um, we would love to hear some more on the ground perspectives as well but I think all three of us were raised in Hindu backgrounds at least um, I personally am atheist and, and actually was kind of more raised atheist than anything, but certainly in terms of religious affiliations, even though I'm not Hindu, come from Hindu families and am raised in that tradition. And so just acknowledging that as well um, in terms of where we all are coming from. So I don't know about either of you two and, and where that stands in it, but part of that is being good Hindus, <laughs> right? And and actually speaking up about this and making waves having the ripples happen um, and bringing these conversations mm-hmm. up with 
parents and family and friends, regardless mm-hmm. of their own religious background or their own ethnic background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think one of the important things to distinguish is, you know, just like any religion, Hinduism has lots of nuances, has lots of um, ways that, you know, there is no one perfect way to be a Hindu, right? To practice or not practice or, you know, as with any religion, right? But there is something um, that we see is happening a lot more in India. And it's this concept of Hindutva, which is, um, I mean, the way that I internalize it is it's an extreme form of Hinduism, Mm -hmm. right? That very much extremists and they're extremists in any religion in the entire world. Right. Um, And I think the, conception people have that there's only extremism in, in, in Islam is mm-hmm. completely incorrect because it exists in every religion, right? Um, so in terms of Hindu extremism, it's Hindutva is, is what we're dealing with. And Hindutva doesn't, you know, reflect on probably the majority of Hindus that are out there, right? Who are just <laughs> living their daily lives, right? Um, and by but, definition, it's an extremist view. So it's the minority right. and it's, it's a it's a minority voice and yet it's gaining a scary amount of traction. Absolutely. And um, it, you know, again, you know, not to go too much into detail, but any form of extremism has kind of its tenets and things like that. And it's perpetrated by certain people and that is what's happening. And I think the scarier part of it is that it, it feels like the government is perpetrating that when it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be a secular government when India, yes, the majority of folks in India are Hindu. However, you have a very sizable population um, of Muslims, of Christians, of Jains and Jewish people, and, you know, even um, other, other, other folks, right. Who do live in India. And so ruling India or wanting India to become fully Hindu or having to abide by these like, you know, what are quote unquote Hindu rules or Hindu laws um, simply is not right. And also just wrong on all sorts of ways because, you know, Hindus are not the only people who live and are citizens of India. So you cannot just ignore like 20% of your population. Yeah. And the funny thing or not the funny thing, but like the kind of fucked up part of this bill and like the government's rationale behind it is that the reason why Muslims are um, uh, excluded from the groups who would be granted citizenship is that they, they're not minorities in the country they're coming from. So like um, someone who is Muslim coming from Pakistan would not be, eligible for for refugee or asylum refugee status um, yeah. status mm-hmm. because Pakistan is a majority muslim state as if like being as as if like that's not how refugees work <laughs> right right right, um, right and like it, yeah it's just mind boggling it's like such a flimsy excuse mm-hmm. um and reasoning and like attempt at logical yeah. rationality of like yeah. this is why this legislation looks like this yeah exactly um it's just bananas and it it also ties back to another um effort that the indian government is making which is it's called the national registry of citizens mm-hmm. nrc um which is basically just a database of everyone 
who is a citizen of India. And in order, they kind of piloted it in um, the northern state of Assam, which borders Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. And in order for people to um, pass this test and be considered a citizen, they had to provide documents that that proved that they were um, that their families had come to India um, before 1971 um, or, or had come here legally um, mm-hmm. before 1971, which is when, or was it after 1971, um, which is when um, Bangladesh um, gained their independence. Um, but it was a long, bloody, violent affair. Um, and so a lot of people, as a result, um, had to cross over as refugees. And don't necessarily have that paperwork. Um, don't necessarily have that paperwork. Right, or the, the proof that yeah. is being asked for. But right? the caveat is that if you're Hindu and you don't have your paperwork, you kind of get a pass. You're good to yeah. go. Whereas, you do get a pass, yeah. Yeah, whereas if you're Muslim, and quite a few Hindus did not pass this this test that they had to take. Um, but they were given a pass and, and Muslims um, were not. So they were mm-hmm. kind of told that you have to find another country to go to, mm-hmm. um, rendering them stateless. And it's it's crazy because it, it reeks of like partition and like what happened yeah. during partition and where people Which was had not to, like, that long ago, people. like Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, the Holocaust was also not that long ago mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. multiple people um, and, you know, we, again, people um, who are like us, who are seeing this from far away, and people who are very learned and very much on the ground in India are likening this to what happened before the Holocaust, where, you know, bills were passed and laws were passed uh, preventing Jews from accessing certain things or starting to corral them and yeah. single them out on the basis of their religion and then we all know how the Holocaust ended, right? Mm-hmm. And think about, you know, how much we study the Holocaust in school. And there's always an emphasis of may we never let this happen again, mm-hmm. right? May history never repeat itself. And yet, and, you know, this is one example of what could happen in India, right? And it's a very scary thought to think about that. But mm-hmm. um, it's happened in other places around the world, right? Where, including the U.S. of it. Including the USA, mm-hmm. where even though we know what happened and what a brutal injustice that was, that doesn't even begin to cover like what the Holocaust was, but we are still letting this shit happen. Like that's the scary part. And on top of that, for me, what has been the scarier part, the bill is there, everything is there. That's scary enough as it is, is how the government and how every, everyone has reacted to the, the people mm-hmm. who have protested it, mm-hmm. you know, with their right to protest, right? In mm-hmm. a democracy in a nation where free speech is supposedly a thing, um, the kind of violence people have f- faced and still are facing, the kind of brutality, police brutality, and, you know, other types of, like, authority brutality people mm-hmm. are facing, um, to the point where... Um, you know, and again, um, there's so many pieces of news, it's almost hard to keep up, but uh, read about like, uh, I think a music festival happening in Goa and something like that. And, you know, this topic was brought up, the musicians talked about it and they were arrested. And, you know, uh, artists are 
you know, uh, creating public displays and things like that, uh, protesting and they're getting arrested or their art is being taken down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're talking blackouts, you know, mm-hmm. and, and people um, have experienced and, uh, you know, uh, mass experienced um, internet shutdowns, mm-hmm. you know, in places where they're gathering to protest, there have been internet shutdowns and, um you know, not to uh, convolute this topic further, but what happened more recently in Kashmir, right, uh, with uh, Section 370, 370, uh, yeah. 370 um, and the internet blackout that happened in Kashmir, um, someone, you know, uh, this was a quote, and again, you know, this is something I saw on Instagram, but someone said, I didn't really care about Kashmir or kind of be like, oh, what's the big deal? Uh, the internet shut down, whatever, until it happened to me here, you know, here mm-hmm. in the capital of the nation or here in Mumbai, where mm-hmm. we never thought we would see this day. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that to me is the scarier part um, in terms of the reaction to it. Yeah. I was just actually reading on CBS that India is now the world leader in internet shutdowns by quantity. Wow. The, the government has severed the lines 381 times since 2012. Wow. We accounted for 67% of the total internet shutdowns in 2018. Holy shit. So this, I mean, yeah. And, Not and that's a good record for a democracy. No. And that's part of it of like since Modi was elected in 2015, right? And like since that time of seeing increasingly more legislation that becomes more and more overt in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, diminishing or completely shutting down what are supposed to be the basic guaranteed rights um, mm-hmm. of any person within within the country. And then to become more and more explicitly um, discriminatory and mm-hmm. violent and mm-hmm. Stripping people of their citizenship and their nationality, and yeah. I mean, so many of these cases that we're seeing of people. Again, I mean, there's a lot of parallels to draw to the U.S. in terms of it's like a combination of all these different things, but mm-hmm. like blown up to a larger scale. But yeah. of um, you know, so we talked about like in terms of the Muslim ban and and very explicitly saying people from these other countries are allowed to come in and be granted refugee or asylee mm-hmm. status, but, and, and to be considered citizens, but specifically Muslims are not protected, even though Christians, Buddhists, Jains, Sikhs, everything else like is mm-hmm. allowed. So that being part of it. And then also the amount of statelessness that then that creates. So in terms of mm-hmm. what we've seen with the border crossings here as well, and um, camps that are, I mean, literally, in so many ways, internment camps and that, and mm-hmm. the, and people being in the state of limbo and thinking about like Rohingya Muslims, for example, and people mm-hmm. fleeing Bangladesh and, you know, like trying to come to, if you're, you're like, okay, I was trying to come to India, but now I'm not allowed in Bangladesh and I'm not allowed in Burma. And mm-hmm. so where the fuck are all these people supposed to go? Like a, a right. entire ethnic religious class. So com- combining those things and then also like the registry and having to, having to identify yourself in your history and being like, I don't have that documentation. Like, and this goes back to being a dreamer, right? And, and deportations in that sense of, I was born in this country. Mm-hmm. My family before me, you know, like this is what I know yeah. is my home. This other country that you're trying to send me back to has never been my home. Like maybe ethnically right. I have that heritage or that lineage, but mm-hmm. this is my home here. And now all of a sudden you're trying to tell me that I'm not 
Indian that I don't belong here because of right. from you know three generations ago someone didn't mm-hmm. have the right paperwork because guess what is a fucking war and like yeah right, maybe not right. everyone you know has the right documents that they're able to keep with them or or you know we know how documentation goes in general and like maybe they right. never had the right documents so yeah just, not to and and uh, another factor too is is the police response mm-hmm, to everything yeah, that's going on right, which is yeah. very very targeted just towards muslim protesters like um i think one of the most widely seen instances was um, the protest at a university in New Delhi, Jamia Millia Islamia, which is a mm-hmm. predominantly Muslim mm-hmm. um, university. And not only did they target protesters, they, they stormed the building. Like they, they attacked the students, library, tear gas, the mm-hmm. library. Like, can you imagine, and this is a New Delhi, the capital of India. Like, can you imagine people, police storming into Howard Mm-hmm, University mm-hmm. in Washington D.C. and and doing that same shit. And these these mm-hmm. are students who are di- who are doing nothing. Um, like they were, uh, at least the students in the library. Um, were doing and lots of other instances of completely unarmed of protesters. Yeah, yep. just like these are completely like unprovoked attacks, basically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. 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 And the level of violence that these that they're being countered with is insane Mm -hmm. and i'll i'll say also that i think at at this point in time it's not just limited to muslim students or Mm -hmm. muslim protesters it's kind of like literally anybody and anything and um i'm not sure if this is still active but i remember you know in the thick of the protests like even like two three weeks ago um section 144 started being imposed uh, or yeah, imposed, I think is the right word, um, across all the major cities like Bangalore and things like that, which um, basically, um, for lack of a better word, like bans gatherings of more than, I think it's four mm-hmm. people at a time mm-hmm. to prevent people mm. from gathering coalescing. in one place. Yeah, coalescing, yep. Um, and, you know, not to make light of this at all, but this reminds me of Order of the Phoenix, Harry Potter, what, with, you know, Umbridge's decree of mm. three people or more can't gather for the same kind of reason, right? That mm-hmm. you can't, you're plotting something, you're mm-hmm. protesting, you're potentially yeah. um, doing revolting something or, and yeah, revolting yeah. or, you know, exactly, you're making moves, you're making some kind of progress. Um, so does that mean that, like, Oh, you can't gather in public places. Right. So it, essentially, you know, stopping people from from putting mm-hmm. coming together. And, you know, a protest is like a mass gathering, right? So like stopping things like that yeah, by yeah, imposing exactly. this law. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think, you know, this law is not active all the time. It looks like it was like called upon when this stuff started happening. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. But but have have other universities that that are not predominantly muslim universities been targeted in the same way um i believe uh jnu recently was targeted where um jawahar nehru university where there was an attack um with and again i will not claim to know all the details of it and things Mm. like that but um there was a very violent attack that happened and um seemingly unprovoked yeah and I think, I mean, I think a lot of these did start at like the very initial, um, I mean, which makes sense, right, of like the initial larger protests and therefore the lar- initial larger crackdowns being of at universities with larger Muslim populations, but that there's been ongoing protests and demonstrations and 
Hyderabad and Lucknow and Mumbai and Kolkata and like, yeah, yeah, and all across. And so, Mm -hmm. but I mean, at this point, it looks, I think the Supreme Court is supposed to at least start hearing, Mm -hmm. um, uh, debating the constitutionality of this uh, of this act on the twenty second, January twenty second. So, mm. I, I mean, continuing to keep our ear to the ground and find out what is happening and how I, I, you know, I honestly don't even know what the makeup of the Supreme Court in India is right now and how they tend to be yeah. ruling and and where people are siding. Um, but certainly, I mean, we will keep posting and pushing out information as much as we can across um, Facebook and and Instagram and um, certainly send us links if there's things that you know about or if anyone wants to, uh, has more information and wants to come in and and join Mm -hmm. us and talk about these things and certainly on the ground perspective as well. But really, I mean, it's it's terrifying. Um, And it comes back to this these fears, I mean, these things are happening all across the world right now and in, in the ways that we see waves uh, occurring historically. But but this real fear that in some ways used to kind of seem like this dystopian, you know, mm-hmm. idea about a totalitarian state, but it becoming more and more realistic um, in many different mm-hmm. areas and nations across the world. But um Stay awake, people. Stay awake and stay tuned in and, yeah. you know, share with one another and and talk about it and freaking, like, bring things up um, with mm-hmm. loved ones and try your best to find information and, and you know, share that um, and talk about how this impacts us <laughs> because mm-hmm. it does and it, it impacts our our fellow humans, our brethren, and and that's it's terrifying it really is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's not a better adjective. Yeah. Um, and this kind of stuff, unfortunately doesn't always stay in the news. Like it was world mm-hmm. news two weeks ago, two, three weeks ago. It no longer is because, you know, other things replace it, but that does not mean that it's still not happening. It's still not actively taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in touch with people who do live in India, friends and family, you may see, their involvement in it or what kind of what they're experiencing and facing um, or the protests that they're participating in or, you know, their activism as responsible citizens. Um, So again, just because it's not in the news doesn't mean it's no longer a priority or no longer happening. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add a quick footnote to some points we touched on earlier, which is that um, just Last week, India's Supreme Court declared Kashmir's record-breaking 159-day-long blackout illegal. Um, So that is some good news to come out of all of this. Um, It only took, you know. (laughs) I know, it only took 559 days. Half a year. Right. Um, I also think it's so interesting that... um, the far you know, Modi's Modi's party is the Bharatiya Janata Party, which means the Indian People's Party, yeah. and they and this is how they are treating the people of, of India. India. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I, I mean you don't need to look any further than that to realize how big of a 
fucking joke they are. Um, and yet there's still a lot of support. And Not only a, in India, but here, here exactly. too. Yep. In yep. Abso- North oh, America, absolutely. in Europe. Absolutely. And, but it just uh, goes to show that, you know, just because you parport to be the voice of the people does not always mm-hmm. mean that you represent mm-hmm. or have their best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. And that's something of to course. keep in mind when you're looking both at what's going on at home over there, as well as what's going on over here. And there's a lot of parallels to be drawn mm-hmm. and, um, and yeah, I feel like we can learn a lot from both, from both countries, sadly but it also gives us the opportunity to make uh, to do what we can. Yeah. And mm-hmm. stay woke. Stay up on it. Thank and, you all. Um, yep. The one yep. last thing I will say is that um you know for the folks who are putting themselves in the direct line of potential danger by protesting and um continuing to fight and things like that um that the people who are far away and not experiencing that. But uh, I do feel grateful because and I do feel yeah. grateful to the people on that I follow on Instagram or Facebook who are continuing to um, broadcast what's going on mm-hmm. because otherwise, for example, I, you know, again, with the way the news cycle is, it's, it's really easy to forget that things are happening and become very comfortable in your life and things like that. So um the only, I would say, smidgen of hope or good thing that I found out of all this is that no one, not no one, but like a huge percentage of Indian citizens, of people who are Indian, you know, whatever religion or background they come from, um, did not just sit back and let let this happen mm-hmm. and, and say, oh, this doesn't affect me, so who the hell cares? But, yeah. you know, that this is kind of a human rights violation, a mm-hmm. big human rights violation. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Just let it go lightly. Yeah. Well, thank you all for joining us for this special episode. Um, we are, we've got lots coming to you soon, um, but we just wanted to make sure that this was out there and that we're going to continue talking about it, but please tell us what you're thinking um, and how things are going for you, any other news sources that you have or anyone who wants to join the conversation and mm-hmm. let's talk about it. And that's always been our thing with Brown Taboo Project and with Sesma as a whole. We talk about the things that people don't want to talk about. Um, so bring that, you know, we, we're trying to create that space even in our own ignorance and, and admitting what we don't know as well, but admitting that we care. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the, that's where it starts, right? Yeah. Thank you all for joining us. This is Sri. This is Tanya. And I'm Shreya. Thanks all. Have a good one.